Hey, uh, this is E.A. Gamore. Thank you so much for clicking play and joining the Unpacking Africa podcast, where I explore ecosystems in our communities and figure out-ish on the African continent. Join in, follow at 4IR Africa on social media, and let's stay engaged. Welcome to the second episode, where we're excited to explore more about health matters. If you enjoyed episode one, go ahead, go back and catch up on coronavirus and me. The second episode, however, we get a chance to delve a little deeper and speak to Garakai Gaza Govati, health investor, about a phenomenal app that hopefully will be coming to a country near you, and health professional, Dr. Palessa Falafala. The fascinating thing about both of these people is the work that they're doing front lines, one around tech, another in our hospitals. And hopefully their sentiments give us a bit more of what it means to be working as a health professional during this time. Hello, Gaza. Thank you for making time. Could you kindly introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Garkai Govati. I go by Gaza. I am the CEO of epion.net. How have you been dealing with the coronavirus pandemic personally and professionally? Personally, uh, the biggest challenge in the pandemic is to stay sane. I've been doing so by talking to my daughter on a daily basis. She's hilarious and always keeping me on my toes every time I speak to her. I can't be with her currently because my work involves spending a lot of time at hospitals. So I'm not taking the risk being with her currently. I speak to her on a daily basis, maybe twice a day. Just keep updates. What's going on? The questions are just hilarious and some of them challenging. She's 10 years old, and you can imagine what's happening at that, at that age. Professionally, we've been keeping busy trying to come up with solutions to support the people managing their own healthcare, especially through symptoms monitoring and getting the advice that they need. We are also supporting our frontline doctors using the same app uh, to connect them remotely and eventually in person with the people unfortunate enough to have been victims of the virus. You have a health app. Can you share the inception and purpose of the app? Epion.net is a health tech platform that has been in development over the last three years with the idea of connecting the whole value chain of healthcare. We are really creating a seamless end-to-end flow of patients across that value chain. The main idea behind it is basically to empower the patient with their health information through education, choice, and access to healthcare services. We are in a paperless age, and everyone is talking about this long-awaited dream. We are at the forefront of this in Africa and have worked with all types of doctors to produce a platform that serves their needs. It is one true source of patient information from demographic all the way to health information. Sounds awesome. I'm assuming everyone would have access. How can our podcast listeners assist? The listeners can help by first downloading our app and using it and giving us feedback. Our app is on both Apple and Google Store, and it goes. It is under the name Epion.net Patient. So E P I O N E dot N E T Patient. Feedback is what will help us be better and serve our African continent better. We can also benefit from the listeners spreading the word about our platform to other people, as well as the doctors 
to join the revolution in healthcare that we have started. Doctors can access our platform at app.epion.net. So it's at app.epione.net. Another thing that we're really looking for local partners. So in every country that we launch, we partner with local partners that get an equity stake in our distributorship company at the local level. I have traveled the continent quite extensively and I appreciate our limitation when it comes to understanding the local country context. So any introduction along the lines of credible local partners would be appreciated from the listeners. These partners will be investors in the, in the local entity that we set up at these, in these countries. Great stuff. In which countries is the app currently live? We have launched in South Africa and Zimbabwe, and we are working hard to consolidate these countries. We are also looking to enter new markets on the continent. Our platform is country agnostic, so we have people in the US and UK currently using our COVID symptom tracker, but we haven't launched in those, in those countries yet. We are looking forward to covering the African footprint first at a reasonable pace and then look at our Africa Out strategy post that. First, let's stay safe and support our frontline healthcare workers. They are doing a thankless job whilst risking their lives. I have the privilege or non-privilege of seeing them at places like Baragwanath Hospital, working hard with cups of coffees in their hands to stay awake so that they don't make mistakes and keep us alive. Let's support them by taking all precautionary measures to flatten this curve. Also, let's create platforms that educate people about the virus in a non-fake news way. Our government's first priority is to reduce fatalities from the virus, and they can do this if the population doesn't panic because of fake news. We are all learning about this virus. It's a new thing. And it's spreading fake news isn't going to help fighting it. So we need to be the, uh, the point guard in terms of what type of news travels and reaches our own population. Lastly, let's donate towards procurement of protective equipment and test kits. We want to ensure that we test, test and test again until everyone knows where they stand in this struggle and they get the help that they need. Excellent insight, Gaza. Beyond this pandemic, what are you looking forward to in the very near future? My passion makes me dream about a healthy Africa. This is what I look forward to. An Africa whereby health becomes a secondary, if not lower priority concern, because everyone has full access to affordable healthcare with unprecedented quality outcomes. Our team is a healthcare team using technology to solve Africa's healthcare challenges. And we know the challenges being a diverse African team. Our efforts point towards value-based healthcare, whereby healthcare stops being about a service, but a truly and accurately costed product that you sell on to the consumers of healthcare. That's what we're fighting for. And that's what we'll basically try to get to using all our bits, our accesses and everything that we have at our disposal. How do we connect to the app and the work that you and your team are doing, Gaza? We are on all social media platforms. Instagram, our um, username there is uh, epion underscore net. So E-P-I-O-N-E underscore N-E-T. On Facebook, you can search for 
epion.net so e-p-i-o-n-e.net on linkedin it's the same it's epion.net and on twitter is at epionnet so at e-p-i-o-n-e-n-e-t lastly i would like to conclude that i believe that we are currently faced with a, a shock that nobody really expected what we have is not something that i that i think is is, is fundamental uh, that i think it's a uh, systemic i think it's something that is just a minor shock to our to our system and we can all beat it we can get out of it and i know that it will be a strain on many startups our entrepreneurs but we all have to stay the course and keep our focus what i can say and what i've been told so many times and what i've seen playing out is that the light at that end of that tunnel is not an oncoming train prosperity awaits let's keep pushing and working hard if not as who thank you for your time and words of wisdom thank you so much for most of us across the globe as we get into this extended phase of full or partial lockdown it's been encouraging for me to hear ways in which i can participate actively help kindly download the app share with friends share with healthcare professionals and give gaza and the team feedback that way they can improve the app and hopefully extend it to different places access to honest truthful timely information is absolutely critical and we'll segue right into dr pelissa her insights and ways in which health professionals are dealing with the pandemic. Hey, um, Dr. Palisa Palafala. Thanks, Doc, for joining the podcast. And what is your role? I'm currently a registrar or a resident in plastic surgery. I'm currently working at Chris Honey Baragwanath Academic Hospital. It's based in Soweto. It's affiliated with the University of Witwatersrand. And what made you decide to be a health professional? I've always known that I was going to be in the health profession. For me, as a young child, I just remember playing with medically related toys, with its stethoscope, trying to help people if they fell. So for me, I feel like it was a calling. It wasn't really a decision. I've known it and I've always told my parents I'm going to be in the health profession. I've always had this longing and desire to help people. I think it's the most selfless act and just the gratitude from me helping someone and them being grateful for the help is just priceless. How have you been dealing with the pandemic personally and professionally. This pandemic has affected everyone and I mean we're seeing the numbers rise exponentially. We're sitting at 1.5 million people who've been infected by this virus and the pandemic is changing everything whether it's in our personal capacity, our professional capacity, our health, education, it's affecting all spheres. For me personally, distancing myself away from my loved ones, my family, my friends has been very difficult. So you would want to separate yourself from people. You are high risk as a frontline worker, you are high risk. You wouldn't want to go home and, you know, start infecting people. So I have separated myself away from loved ones for now during the lockdown and the quarantine. It's just safer to do so, especially from your parents, grandparents, distancing from your friends. And personally, when I do come home, I ensure that, you know, you go to the bathroom, you take a shower, take a bath, you start any activities within the house because you wouldn't want to spread 
or the germs and infections from the hospital to you know counters on your in your kitchen or your lounge for me personally i mean i did do that prior but now it's more aggressive and i just ensure that every surface is basically sanitized and in my professional capacity there's been a lot of fear regarding sufficiency and adequate equipment especially your protective personal equipment that the authorities are looking into adequate and sufficient numbers of ppe in all hospitals there's been a lot of preparation in in terms of the hospitals for this pandemic a lot of training force protocol i think we well enough i would say for now prepared but for now in terms of the general public we'd want them to be more educated so we don't get to high numbers where the health system is overloaded absolutely what does a typical day for you look like so a typical day usually will start the night before ensuring that i study or i read about my theater cases that i'm going to do um, you want to be well-read, knowledgeable on what you're going to do, how you're going to do it in theater for the next day. And I usually wake up around 5.30 and I'll get ready for work in the morning and I'd usually be done around 20 past or quarter past six in the morning. But I'd want to be done ready, basically heading to the car around 20 past six. I would try to get to work at quarter to seven. I would start my ward rounds. Usually we start with the most critically ill patients in ICU. And then you come down to the ward, see all the ward patients and do any relevant work that needs to be done for those patients. And then you try to get to theater as quick as possible because you, you want to start early in theater. So around about eight, the first patient has been anesthetized and we are ready to start your theater day. You go through all the patients on the list for theater, ensure everything goes smoothly. And we try to do a PM round, which is usually late afternoon, where you check up on your critically ill patients or your patients in the ward, especially your post-operative patients. Ensure that they adequately um, analgese, they're comfortable and everything is well post-op. From there, I'll head home. I usually have my self-time, my self-love time, where I ensure that I either get some exercise done, whether it's at the gym or at home, um, and try to meditate or try to cook something. But I have one hour to myself where it's just for what I want to do. Usually it's fitness related. From there on, I'll go home and eat dinner. I try to wind down and then usually I would before I go have something to eat, I'd go to the bathroom, shower, ensure that every, all the germs and everything from the hospital is just derobed and showering and clean prior to eating and winding down. And then I'd start studying and preparing for the following day. Hectic. That sounds like a packed day. What are some of the pressing healthcare practitioner challenges you face so in terms of challenges in the healthcare profession usually with in terms of the pandemic the new challenges that have arise psychologically being separated from your loved ones i definitely say that is quite a stressor and being away from family and friends as well as just the stress and fear of being on the front line in a pandemic this big is quite a big challenge for all frontline workers but on an usual day-to-day -day basis there are a lot of challenges within the health system that healthcare workers do face work overload for instance the long waiting lists in terms of theaters shortage of resources 
and whether you're delivering quality and adequate service delivery, especially with the work overload and the shortages and long waiting lists, but as well as keeping up to date with technology and trying to infuse technology into the health system, it is quite a challenge as well. Healthcare workers are our true heroes. How can we help meet some of the challenges even after the coronavirus? In terms of helping the system currently, for now staying at home is the utmost important thing that people could do. Washing your hands, sanitizing. You should be washing your hands for a minimum of 20 seconds. You should be sanitizing with alcohol-based sanitizers with a minimum of 60%. Doc, what are you looking forward to in the future? Post-pandemic, after all is said and done, I do think technology will be infused in our healthcare system and there'll be lasting changes in terms of our habits and our values after this pandemic. Health security systems will be escalated. The hospital infrastructures will definitely be revamped and renovated. I do see a change happening post-pandemic in terms of the primary health care system, in terms of people just going to their GPs. I do think technology would help. There will be more virtual consultations. People will go to their general practitioners for testing for their general chronic illnesses and people having good hygiene and and routines in terms of upkeep and general health that I think people would definitely keep using after post-pandemic and people would just genuinely upkeep their health. So we can't emphasize enough the importance of staying at home, only going out for essential items and maintain social distance when going out for essential items regular sanitizing of your hands and surfaces that are regularly touched avoid touching your ears eyes nose noses because you don't know if it enters into mucosal surfaces then you'll definitely test positive if you have coronavirus on your hands so for me i'd say definitely stay at home ensure that you know you keep a good social distance Listen to authorities if the lockdown has been extended. Stay at home for the period of the lockdown. You don't need to be jogging outside or running to visit friends. We can't stress it enough to stay at home. Thanks so much. Your time and insights have been appreciated. What are the ways in which we can stay connected and updated with the work you do? So there is a website currently called coronaassist.online. It is going to be turned into an app. It was actually created by female healthcare workers or the Shiro's of today. And it's affiliated with MediWell, which is a practice in Denver. So it's a screening and monitoring service for you in the comfort of your home. For anybody that is wanting to screen themselves there's general questions that will be asked and for a very small fee which is less than most consultation fee you get a screening method you see if you're high risk and you can come and get tested and the results will be given to you basically online and if you're positive the doctors will assess whether you're for hospitalization or for quarantine methods and there's a, a monitoring service where We'll keep up to date with the patient at home in quarantine. There'll be virtual consultations that will be done. Medication will be prescribed for the patient and they will have to go and pick up the medication from their local pharmacy and quarantine at home. If the patient is negative, 
and it's a general flu or a bronchitis, there's still virtual consultations that can be done. There's medication that will still be prescribed and the patient will have to go and get their medication from their local pharmacy. This is just to assist with the social distancing and people staying at home. It's quite a handy app and, and it's quite handy for anyone at home who actually is worried about or concerned whether they might be positive for corona. The website is Corona Assist, one word, C-O-R-O-N-A-S-S-I-T dot online. Corona Assist dot online. Kindly check it out. Support Dr. Palessa and her team. And it was such a pleasure speaking and getting insights about our healthcare professionals during these times. This episode has definitely shed some insightful light on the workers across the spectrum in the health ecosystem, from investors to tech-enabled products, as well as frontline healthcare practitioners. I've learned a lot from both Palesa and Gaza, and they both kind of touched on the opportunity that technology has in the way that we engage with medicine and envisioning the new world post the coronavirus. One thing that came up also was anxiety, mental health, being able to be around loved ones and people we care about. There's an amazing newsletter, Founding Fuel, and it's from journalists in India. And there are two things that I'd love to share with you. One of them is presence practice. And presence practice is really a reflection to help each and every single one of us that are in isolation or each and every single one of us, that is social distancing. And your presence practice can be a set of questions that you ask yourself daily, every other day, or weekly. And you answer these questions genuinely and truthfully for yourself. An example is, what do you have most moderate or least control over? What is your highest possibility aspiration? Whose help can you seek and what support can you offer others? What are you most grateful for right now? These Presence practice allow you to balance hardiness, heartiness, which is quite important right now. Another insight I wanted to share is also from Founding Fuel, and it speaks about intuition, pumps, and other tools for thinking, written by philosopher Daniel Dennett. And it shares some really thoughtful advice on how to offer criticism. If you're not alone and you're living with someone, there are probably a couple of tools in how to offer criticism that you should address. One of them is you should attempt to re-express your target position clearly and vividly so that whoever you're speaking to or with says, well, I wish I thought of it the way that you put it. You should also list any points of agreement, especially if they're not matters of general widespread agreement. You should mention anything that you've learned from the instance. Only then are you permitted to say so much as a word of rebuttal or criticism. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. There are so many other ecosystems that have been affected by the pandemic, including education, travel, hospitality, and logistics. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Unpacking Podcast on your favorite platform. We're on 8 and counting platforms across the internet. And please drop us a comment, leave us a message. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for clicking play and joining the Unpacking Africa podcast, where I explore ecosystems in our communities and figure out ish on the African continent. Join in, follow at 4 Africa on social media, and let's stay engaged.